You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 138 of the Central Indiana's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by co-host Dakota Davis and producer Chris Guffey. Today's episode features Alicia Criswell, who's a longtime listener and uh, educator from Wayne County, Indiana, and also Jennifer McGowan, who... Explain your title for me, please. In the- My title? Yes. I don't... I I'm an eighth grade science teacher. An eighth grade science teacher. We are talking about the hashtag Red for Ed movement that is sweeping across the state of Indiana and the giant walk-in that's going on for the first day of the legislative session on November 19th. Uh, that is this coming Tuesday, if you are listening to this before Tuesday. So uh, we'll, we are going to be talking to these folks about everything Red for Ed, about what the teachers want, uh, what are their grievances with the state of Indiana, and what can be done to solve the problem from their perspectives, the people who are working in the schools and on the front lines, so to speak. We're also going to be talking to them about the history of teachers becoming involved in politics and what makes 2019 different from other years in the state legislature. So make sure you stick around until the very end. So this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we're going to make you laugh. I guarantee you're going to laugh at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully you always learn something new. So this this show is uh, it's about us uh, and what we find interesting. And this week we uh, we said, man, there's an awful lot of red signs in the yards. And we need to figure out what this means. Yeah, I have a, my mom works at Try, uh, at Try Elementary. So she's been posting things on Facebook. I've been seeing it everywhere. I'm friends with Rob Kendall on Facebook, and he's been quite the provocateur during all of this. So our good friend a, Rob. Yeah, it was a, it was an issue that, uh, you could see brewing, uh, ever since the spring legislative session, whenever we were talking, whenever we were going through that process. And, uh, it's uh, it's definitely come become much bigger of an issue this go around. But before we get into all that, we need to thank all the folks who support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. This show is funded by you, the listener, and uh, you are the people who keep the lights on in the studio, keep our internet bill paid, and uh, keep the heat uh, somewhat on whenever we invite people. When I, when I got down. here, it was 45 degrees, and I cranked <laughs> it up, and it is... Probably cracking 60. So yep, that's true. It's not, uh, teeth aren't chattering. It's okay. Yes. The, again, we might need to start serving coffee and hot chocolate in here in the winter months, but nobody expected November well, to be this cold. We had hot soup today, so that has to count for something. That once again, that's patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. And if you donate at over $50 a month, we promise to give you a shout out at the front of each and every episode. Those folks are Christy Avery, Jonathan Phillips, and all the way from Hawaii, Mr. Craig DaCosta. We also have T-Chip stores online. Uh, if you don't want to support the show monthly, but you want to help uh, help us pay the bills around here, it's tchip.com slash B-H-O-L-1, 2, or 3. Uh, they have We have all kinds of different designs. Jeremiah always complains about the second design. 
that I made. It's just nearly wrong. Know, it's he complains about fonts and sizes and slants and things, but you know what? I believe that you guys are such big supporters that you can you can overlook Jeremiah's qualms with the <laughs> with the design issues. So if if you do join that Patreon every week after the show, either Thursday night late or Friday morning early, depending upon which which version of me was motivated, you get a special bonus episode emailed directly to you. That's right. Or it's in your special iTunes bonus account as well. Right. Uh, you get a, you get access to a private RSS feed that you can put into your podcast app on your phone and you will get a, an ultra premium 30 minute bonus episode. So we did a fantastic 22 minutes with Chase. Four minutes 22. were very good, but the rest of it was really, really good. Uh, and you got a little bit with Chase Payton, our friend. That's true. Uh, and we, we, Alicia's been a long time listener. So we asked her why in the hell she likes this show. <laughs> and, and then we talked about J, uh, Chase's new gambling addiction and if he'll keep his house and uh, why he killed Bambi. So all of that is there. If you guys want to know, uh, know more on that side, there's been a poll this week and uh, Chase and Cade both killed deer and uh, Chase Cade is, wiped the floor with him. Yeah. Chase is losing. Uh, he's, he's performing very poorly. We'll put it that way. So Jeremiah, you have the first bullet point here. Will someone please explain e-learning days to you? So this goes back to why the studio set aren't cold. <laughs> We're recording this and it's like, this is like fake winter. It's like November. What is the November 14th? Yeah. November 11th and November 12th. I don't know what it was. It was like seven degrees and there's three inches of snow on the ground. It's a Monday morning. And I think it was Monday morning. Maybe it was Tuesday. It was Monday. Mm, something like that. And I don't know. I, you know, the days all run together. I don't have to go to school anymore. So it doesn't bother me, but it went from a two hour delay to an e-learning day. And I think last year was the first time that I saw e-learning days be a thing. And you've got teachers here that can help explain for somebody that graduated high school in 2001, what the heck is an e-learning day? Graduated and does everybody high school? He was homeschooled. <laughs> two, two college Every degrees. Every day was an e-learning day. Two college degrees. Uh, it's not true because we barely had electricity. <laughs> I grew up on the farm on Messick Road. It was pretty rural with the goats. Alicia, Alicia and I knew each other in high school. We didn't talk about the Patreon side, but we used to show goats competitively against each other. I was cutthroat. Anyway, <laughs> the chair showed dairy goats. I did show dairy goats and she showed leathers. It was, it, they were incompatible. They would never work. Uh, an e-learning day. Uh, now the kids all have iPads, I guess, or computers or something. I don't know. Uh, they, they have internet. Yes. Well, it kind of depends. Um, and kind of each school does an e-learning day differently. I can speak for Newcastle. Um, now, at the middle school and the high school, our kids are one-to-one, which means they have computers and they take them home. But okay. at the elementary, they haven't gotten to that point yet. So they have, um, and it, the older they get in the elementary, like toward fifth and sixth grade, they have computers that they allow them to take home. But they have like packets and things they send home with the kids. That they just in case the, they know they're going to have an e-learning day. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and for the middle school and the high school, when it's called an e-learning day, we have, we post on the internet. I post mine on Google classroom. Sometimes, sometimes they post them on a, um, a program called Moodle and we give them assignments that they complete. And then <clears throat> because of, um, Sometimes the economics of Newcastle, not everyone has the internet. So our kid, our students have four days to complete the assignments that were assigned 
Tuesday. So they can stay over school or make it up during, Absolutely. Well, they, anytime yes. they have internet access. Yes. If yes. they come downtown Newcastle, we've got internet on right. the streets. If you or go to the library. Go to McDonald's yeah. and get a Coke. Yes. They've got some options. Yes. So the thing I've been feeling bad about is my friends that teach at Knightstown. Because it seems like we, all of these schools are, are linked together, right? Yeah. Uh, so because of the career center, I assume is why. So it's like all yes. of the, all of the Henry County schools, we've got six school corporations that are all tied together with this blood pact. And if they're, <laughs> if they're, <laughs> I don't know. I, we this, we this sacrifice goats at this yeah, meeting, maybe. I don't know. So with this, with this blood pact of a calendar. So it's like, if Newcastle says we're having a yearling day, then Knightstown has, has to have a yearling day, but they don't have, they don't have that yet. Or at least they didn't last year. I don't think they have them yeah. have it this year either. So, so if the, every time that an e-learning day happens for Newcastle, those poor bastards in Knightstown have to go to school like until July, right? I, yeah, because yeah. that's kind of what stops. That's the, ba- that's the the trick of it. We, we, yeah, we don't have to. If we have the e-learning day, then we don't right. have to so stay. So there's at. kind of a trade-off with the e-learning day because whenever I was in school and you had a snow day, then you got to goof around all day. Right. Now you have the assignment. The kids have yeah, to but, work to do. But the my, give my is, own, yeah. Yeah, you, get, you don't have to make it up at the end right. of the year. My children that live at our house do not do jumping jacks and join us when we have any learning. They're like, <laughs> so do you have to prepare the lesson for an e-learning day? Mm-hmm. So is it, mm-hmm. so you still have work to do on an e-learning day? Oh, absolutely. And we have to be available. Okay. So they email us if they have any questions. And I mean, you're supposed to have like office hours, but I, everyone I know answers the email when they get it, you know, like you can go, Oh, I'm only answering emails from 10 to two or whatever, but right. everybody just answers you're just, when you're they, just working. Right. right. Yeah. So we did put it out when, the, when it was announced on Monday, we put it out to our audience and got some feedback and we said, Hey, what do you, what do you folks think in the community? Uh, Sean Rao, uh, attorney and guy that's been on before, he called it a win, win, win. Uh, he said, snow the days are inevitable, but it allows you to not have to make up the days because everybody gets to do it. Uh, newly elected city councilman, Mike Guffey commented and said, uh, uh, he loves it. Uh, he enjoyed the long summer vacations and thought it was great for kids to, to be able to do that. Um, Zach Bircham, who was our guest last week, uh, called it a win-win, uh, with more and more severe weather happening, uh, and keeps kids from having to go into June. Kelly Riggs, uh, lives, uh, lives here in Henry County and she says she hates them, uh, because they don't have access to the internet. Yeah. Uh, so they have to use cell phone, cell phone, uh, hotspots, um, so yeah, it is a mix, but we've talked about that too. We've spent a lot of time on the show talking about yeah, broadband a, and trying to had a full episode that just focused on options to get internet to your house if you live if you are a rural county citizen. So cool. So next week, it sounds like there's maybe some more schools that have an e-learning day coming up. Yeah, some of the school yeah. corporations have have been talking about doing an e-learning day, and some school cor- corporations have said we're just going to shut down. And there's a major event coming up on Tuesday. What the, what's the date, Dakota? Is it the it is 18th? Tuesday, November the 19th, 19th is what I have written down. And I do have a, a bullet point on here. If you are if you're a Patreon member, then you also get access to the show notes that we read off of during the show. And there are, are a couple of links on there. Uh, I think they're both Indie Star articles about the Red for Ed movement in Indiana. Um And that's where a lot of this information came from. But you guys probably know more about it than I do. So if anything in here is wrong, then feel free to correct. Um, But basically, we wanted to talk about what uh, just 
what is Red for Ed? What is the movement itself? What are you guys going to the State House for on November 19th? We'll start with Alicia. You're, you're a parent, right? You've been, mm-hmm. you've been a teacher in this area before. You grew up here, mm-hmm. and now you work for Purdue University Correct. in Wayne County. Uh, but you've taught in public schools Correct. in a number of different areas throughout uh, the state. So yeah. you're, you're a subject matter expert, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Are any of us really? I don't, I don't know. I'm not claiming to be an expert <laughs> in <laughs> anything. Uh, you're, you are our, our in-house authority oh, tonight. Okay. Oh, man. So I was educated as a teacher under the standards, um, which was kind of a new, you know, sort of phenomenon as far as like teacher education goes when I was doing my undergrad work. Um, and, you know, we, we sort of felt like the, there was a lot coming as far as changes in the world of education. And I think we were well prepared for that. Um, but after graduating with my undergrad and taking my first teaching position, um, the climate of education for teachers right now, you've got to, you've got to want to do what you're doing. Um, you come to work for the kids and, and, and it's a, it's been a long time coming, I think, to finally reach kind of the climax or the point that we're at now where, um, teachers ha- are, they're finding their voice and, and they're finding unity in each other, um, and getting support from community and parents and students and local officials. And I'm just really excited to finally, I, I wish this had happened four or five years ago. I think we we would have retained a lot of good educators who left the profession. So that's been from this, watching from the outside. That's been one of the most noted things is the folks that I grew up with that went into teaching for a year or two and then they jumped out. So mm-hmm. Similar to you, right? Mm-hmm. You taught in the public schools I for did. a couple of years and then you found you're still an educator, but mm-hmm. in a different medium. Correct. Uh, my wife was a teacher uh, in Mooresville for th- uh, third grade for three years. And due to sh- third grade is a very difficult year because it's the first year of standardized testing. Incredible amount of pressure that comes with that. Uh, and she found that she was making more money and had less stress in the private sector doing something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's she's using her degree, but in a different way. Uh, and it's happening all over the place where I have countless friends of mine. And I know it's anecdotal, but I, I also know that it's the reality um, folks get into teaching and they don't stay 10 years from the day they start They're They're often not there, Jennifer. Yeah. My, my sister, um, she is going to school at ball state to become a educator and she received a scholarship from the state of Indiana. And due to retention rates, part of the strings that are attached to the scholarship are you have to teach in the state for at least five years. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you have to, uh, pay that money back. So that's a, that's part of, uh, I guess an incentive to make sure that she stays teaching within the state and uh, goes for what her degree is because there is an issue with it. Mm-hmm. I think 94% of all schools, public schools now in Indiana are, are expressing some sort of a teacher shortage. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Um, this, this is a rumor. I don't, I don't have confirmed fact, but um, I know ball state possibly graduated one math teacher this year. Mm-hmm. And oh. and that's the, the high school math level. Well, but I mean, I mean it's math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I teach science for sure. But, um, Listen, I don't think you're going to get a successful podcast and entertainer with a math degree. That's not, that's not going to help anybody. <laughs> um, yes, we are. We are losing teachers. We are losing. Um, we are not 
We're losing, not only are we losing teachers from the profession, but no one is going in to become a teacher. And that's for lots of reasons, standardized testing, lack of pay, um, lack of, I, I has, I hesitate to say lack of support because Newcastle has been very, very, had recently in recent years has been very good to their teachers or is trying to be good to their mm-hmm. teachers. They're trying to turn it around. Um, but the, the laws and the legislation that have come down that are affecting the classroom, I don't think they understand at the state house. What's that, what that's doing to children. And we've had, we had Melanie Wright on, who's, who's, a, who's a teacher and a state legislator, and we had some of these conversations with her. She's the minority on the Democrat side. Um, we have a system that's set up that that I don't think it's like a camel, right? It's not perfect, and nobody really likes any of it. Nobody likes the way it works. You have a Department of Education, and then you have a state uh, board and a state superintendent and they set rules and expectations. And then that flows down to a local school board who has to try to make sense of it. Right. And then they have a funding formula that, that is very complicated and convoluted. Um, and, and changes and, every, and, almost and, every year. And you have legislators that come in and want to make a difference. So then what you see is every two to three years, there's a new adjustment that's made. And then school boards that are, not professional. They're, they're locals, right? But they're not professional educators, not professional administrators. They're trying to make sense of it and, and get experience. And they're the ones that are hiring administrators that are then responsible for staffing a school and delivering services. And then you throw onto that an economic crisis. Exactly. And a drug crisis and kids coming, you know, from environments and homes and, um, more kiddos with IEPs and special Absolutely. needs. And Explain for the, for the layman out there, what's yeah. an IEP? So an individualized education plan. So and you have a, a student that needs something mm-hmm. uh, Some special. sort of special service okay. mm-hmm. or special accommodation. I'm so glad you guys explained that because that's what my girlfriend does. And she says IEP to me and I never <laughs> <knew what else. laughs> for, for producer Chris, what's an IEP, right? Yeah, exactly. These, you really, guys, you these, really didn't know that one yet. I didn't. There we uh, go. Surprise. These past few months, you've just been nodding your head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I understand. So yeah, and, and this is a conversation that we've been having all week amongst ourselves is that education is obviously very important to all of us, but it's a personal issue for all of us. You know, we, our neighbors and our, our, our teachers, you know, my wife was a teacher, Dakota's sister, Chris's girlfriend. It's it, everybody is connected to it. You don't have to go very many degrees to, to have this be very close to home. Um, Dakota's got, uh, got his first coming along the way. So he'll be, uh, sending somebody off to try. Thanks. He'll be sending somebody off to try here in about five years. <laughs> yeah. Little Jackson. It's true. Unless, uh, unless you unless, go private school. You know what? This just doesn't get figured out and we have to do e-learning. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and schools aren't just for education. That's part of the, the situation, too. I mean, on our e-learning day, we still have the lunches, the cafeterias open. We still have, we're going to serve breakfast and we're going to serve lunch. That's great. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. But I mean, that we've schools serve for not just education, but to support a community. And I don't think sometimes, I think sometimes that's when it used to be more so as well. You see the school used to be, yeah, the school used to be the, the 
along the school, along with the local church used to be the two largest charitable opportunities within your community. Whenever we had, you know, Spiceland town, uh, public school, we had Strawn had a public school, Louisville had a public school. And all of a sudden the classroom sizes get bigger. The teachers, uh, the pay stagnates and we consolidate all of these schools into these giant conglomerations and it's created a host of issues. And then all of a sudden we, we stop, uh, I don't want to say we stop giving them the proper funding because there is a, quite a bit of funding that goes towards schools already, but we've created an issue at the state level to where we've, we've made the schools larger, but we don't, we don't provide them with the opportunities and the funding that we do give them. There's a multitude of strings that are attached with it. And it's, it's, it's become a major issue. And now schools, they can't afford to become those, those institutions that they once were inside of your community. Okay. So everything, that was my rant. Everything is broken. (laughs) Everything is broken. Jennifer, you're, you're, you're involved with the teachers union. So this, you are a, a vice Vice per, vice chairman in charge of stuff basically is your official title. Yes. 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 What's your list of demands? What do you want? What do you got? You guys are going to the state house next week. What in, are you meeting with legislators, or is you just going to go show up in force and listen? What's the What's the message that you want changed? Uh, well, I think the that... airing of the grievances begins okay. now. <laughs> right, starting now. Um, I, I think we do. There is a lot of money that goes into education, but part of the problem is it's not going into public education. Some of that funding is being shifted to charter schools and voucher schools and private schools. So when they say 50% of the Indiana's budget is going to education, absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. However, public schools are not receiving some of those funds. Like last year, we did get a bump in uh, up until like a, then, it was like a two and a half percent yes, increase that, yes. that hit the, the schools, but didn't the, necessarily come to salaries, but it went to the corporations to went, do what they chose. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, in our, and see every, it's very easy to generalize and say, well, everybody got a 2%, but then they changed the formula mm-hmm. as well. So when they changed the formula and we got the 2% increase, they changed it. So we had lost money because more suburban areas may have gotten more money or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever happened with that formula and the way that it dropped out. Right. Okay. We Newcastle kind of broke even. We may have gotten a little gain, but not very much. But at the same time, 10% increase to charters, vouchers and private. And though I'm not dissing those schools, I'm not saying those schools aren't good schools, but what I am saying is I don't know that taxpayers know that they're, Tax money is going to fund private schools. So this yeah, has money. been mm-hmm. this has been an interesting conversation for for a long time as well because you have you have multiple views. You've got folks that say, you know, a kid a kid's worth ten thousand dollars a year in revenue or whatever the number is, attach it to the child, and whatever school that they choose to go to should get it. And then you have another crew that says, well, it should only be for public education. If you want to do it private, then go on your own. And then you have a third line of thinking that says, well. If you want to attach it to the kid, fine, but now you have to deal with the standards that come with the states. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So then that's so, been big with the Ron Colley conversation mm-hmm. and they're, if they're, they're gonna fa- getting involved it, with, with staffing and, and policies of the school corporation. So those right. are all major issues that have been in the conversation for the last couple of years as well. Well, and that's part of the thing too, is that they are getting public funds, but they aren't held to the same, same standards that public schools are held to. 
we have to take all children and I love my children. I wouldn't trade them for any, anything, but private schools and other schools don't have to take everyone. They can kind of pick and choose. So for them to get state funding and not be held to the same standard, because part of our funding is based on how we score Mm -hmm. and how our, I mean, part of my raise. Right. You're, so the teacher funding, what was what was the famous line whenever that was uh, first talked about in the state of Indiana? Um, uh, uh, some, Mitch Daniels said something about it. Um, gosh darn it. I'm not going to be able to think about it. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so nervous with all these teachers. Right? He's, not, he's not been out of school long enough Man. to not get worried. Gets flustered. Merit. It was based. Oh, to, merit yeah. pay. Yeah, merit pay. I don't think we're we're. I would be not concerned at all with merit pay. Um, studies have shown that oh, public. Oh, so sorry. It's all right. It's all good. Can, it's just more directional. Yeah. yeah. If Feel we free tip to it, move it. If we, we tip it aggressive. down just a little bit for you, it'll probably help. Okay. Um, merit merit pay would be fine, and studies have shown that public school teachers are both the the term is um, qualified and highly qualified. And we fall under, almost all of us fall under that, except they throw in test scores. And what's proven time and time again is test scores are not majorly influenced by the teacher that you have. Test scores are influenced by whether or not you get free and reduced lunch. So here in Newcastle, we're 47% free and reduced lunch. So that can give you an idea of how our test scores fall and the funding that comes with that. Caramel kids have very minimal free and reduced lunch, and they are going to score better than we do. Yeah, and that's an interesting conversation to have, um, talking about free and reduced lunch. You have low-income communities that a lot of kids might qualify for free and reduced lunches, and there's there's been a, a whole lot of talk about it, and it's sort of a sensitive issue because you, you don't want to talk about, uh, you don't want to be like, um, was it Joe Biden whenever he had the gaffe that said poor kids can do just as good as white kids? You don't yeah. want you don't want to be no, the, no. you don't want to say something like stupid like that and come off as a complete and like a bubbling idiot. And but it's a it's a conversation you need to have whenever you're talking about test scores, free and reduced lunches, low income communities, and the time that parents can spend with their kids whenever Absolutely. they're home, if and you're the working, correlation yeah. between all of those mm-hmm. things. Uh, you don't hear a whole lot about it. You hear a whole lot about, um, well, if you listen to WIBC, you listen to talk radio in the state of Indiana, then you hear, well, the schools get 52% of the state budget. And you know what? It seems fair to me that they should get paid based on how they perform because I get paid. If I don't do what my job correctly, then I won't get a pay increase. So is, is the request, let's get rid of, the, what we'll call high stakes testing. Is that the request when you go next week? Uh, I think they, yes, they spend a lot of money on high stakes mm-hmm. testing. Folks say you end up teaching to the test, right? Uh, you, have, you know what's going to be on the test. So that's yeah. what you're judging me on. So that's what we're going to try to pass. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, my science teacher, when I went through the middle school said, um, you can't fatten cattle by t- weighing them. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I. This is a bit of not farming community like 
the try high area, but you know, she lived on a farm and she said, well, when you go to weigh the cattle to take them to market, it's very stressful and sometimes they lose weight. And so you don't weigh them very often because you, you're taking away feeding time. Well, that's kind of what happens with education right now. We teach to the test, we prep them for the test and we could be educating them. Mm-hmm. Actually teaching. Yeah, yeah. Actually like teaching. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so. Is that part of the uh, whenever you, whenever you're trying to talk and have these these discussions with uh, the folks that are creating the laws, creating the codes at the state house? Is it a? Is it? I guess you could be in one of two camps. Either we w- we still want the the state to provide standards, but we want you to uh, change those standards, or is it a conversation of? Uh, drop your standards and let's adopt it at the school corporation level. So a lot of those standards are federal. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's, and I don't think there's wrong. There's anything wrong with structure mm -hmm. or a direction. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that's what they were meant to be Mm -hmm. to begin with was like, this goes back to no child left behind from the Bush administration 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. It does. So I don't think we, I don't think anybody's saying, hey, toss those out the window. I, I think that was a thing 10 years ago. And we all kind of ado- adapted. Yes, and, adapted yeah. and adjusted. Mm-hmm. And But the, the issue that's that's really got everybody fired up right now is, I guess, the replacement of I-STEP that happened mm, three yes. years ago. Well, they want us to, we, we want to be held harmless, mm-hmm. which is a very strange way to it say. Is. That's a contractual <laughs> statement, know. right? Isn't that Weird? That's like an oh. indemnity clause. I, I want to be held harmless. I don't. I wasn't even sure what that meant at first. And we were looking as 4-H educators just a week or two ago at the um, test windows, um, trying to plan some stuff for early summer, and pulled it up on the DOE's website. Those test windows are basically the end of March through the end of May. Absolutely, two full months. Absolutely. Um, and and I mean, you know, we think about 52% of the state's budget, right, is spent on education, but that doesn't all go directly to the schools. I mean, what are we, $10 million around about that they're spending on on the testing? On testing. And many of those companies aren't even in Indiana. I mean, so they're not putting money back even into the state. They're shipping it. Well, we went through that debacle two years ago where it turns out they were scored incorrectly. Yes, they were written. that was a good time. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I... I remember whenever, um, or whenever the changes to the the testing happened, and people were saying it, it's it's uh, much worse than I step. And I thought, I remember I step, and I step is pretty much the middle school equivalent to Hell Week in the Navy Seals. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, How can you make it worse? <laughs> um, well, I, this last year's test was. Um, as you took it, it got harder. Like if you got answers right, they would. It was like it was curving towards to the, the next student level. Yeah, they would up mm-hmm. you to the next level. So like my daughter came home and she was like, "I think I failed that." I said, "I'm sure you did fine." Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, is the sky blue? Yes. What is the slope of a line? Like right. Yeah. <laughs> is, <laughs> do fish breathe with gills? Yes. <laughs> what is a Pythagorean theorem? Right. Yeah. Right, just like that. Y equals mx plus b. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. You can do math. No, I. You should can't. have taught it. No, yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be trouble for the entire community. <laughs> um. So everybody was adapting to that, 
um, it's the testing hours were longer. Like we start at, sometimes we go two and a half hours. I mean, that's a long time for, I, by the time I get my sixth hour and um, those eighth grade boys at sixth hour, we get up and do stuff because they've been sitting all day. So for yeah. all of those kids to sit in that room and try to answer questions on a computer for that long, and we try to break it up. So are I mean, they getting science questions in your class that are uh, tied to your subject matter, or they're getting questions that are just for their grade level and they're getting whatever? Like the testing time, I, I'm, I'm a total novice and haven't been oh, in school okay. in a very long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm the village idiot, so I'm just asking. Okay. Um, I don't know how this works. In middle, now, in elementaries, they test all of it. Right. In middle school right now, they test English, math, and social studies. Hmm. And they and there is an essay that goes with the English and there's usually two days of math and two days of English and a social study. So probably every day for a week. But I think too, what people don't realize is then that Jennifer doesn't have her students during that time. Oh, for no. Science. Yeah. No, we, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, everybody's testing. Yeah. The whole school is testing. Right. And everybody's doing it at the same time. <laughs> I step... I stepped testing whenever I was in school. I'm not a good test taker to begin no, with. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. No. Good it's like the white. You go to the doctor's office and your blood pressure goes up because of the white coat, right? Right. It's right. Especially same, yeah. when you've same got kiddos, thing. you know, first, yes. second, third graders who are realizing my teacher's going to get fired if I don't do one. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Now, it's, now it's her awful. job depends upon me yes. knowing. Yeah. But they're starting yes. to realize Absolutely. that, and, and we, have, we have, they tested in so kindergarten sad. this year, and they are they're they're so, babies. When it and comes when it comes to standardized standardized testing, um, is it is it something that you think the just like um, uh, is it something that you think the the idea is good, um, and the sta- the test itself needs to be changed, or we just need to do away with standardized I, testing altogether? I don't. I think they're trying to use it to measure something that's that it's not meant to measure. Mm-hmm. Do we Truly. say? Do we say? Listen, the kids that are wanting to continue their education and go on and do other things, we already make them take the SAT and the ACT, right? And that's good enough. Really, I mean, in real I life, mean, I, I. I that's my opinion. I, I as it stands right gonna, now, uh, we can have two conversations. We can ha- yeah. we can talk about I, our perfect utopia world, okay. right? Right, mm-hmm. and then okay. we can talk about the pragmatic, the list of demands for what we're, y'all are going to try to accomplish. We're libertarians. We live uh, we live a lot of our lives in a utopia. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you ask me, right, there'd be no federal department of education. There would be the, 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 we wouldn't do this at the state level at all. Mm-hmm. And then you would have local taxes that would pay for your local schools. You'd elect a school board that cares, and then we would hire teachers and trust them to teach the teach the student body and they are the what ones that I decide oh my and, they, gosh. and they would be the ones I that would decide hey every thursday and they would this decide, is awesome hey guess what yeah you're good enough to move on to the next grade and when you're done you've graduated from newcastle whatever chrysler or maxwell high school we call this at this time right whatever whatever auto company we're happy with <laughs> but you get your degree and you move on and then if you get out in the marketplace you can go you can go Go to school. Or you That's go why I, I personally, whenever everybody was freaking out about Betsy DeVoe becoming the um, whatever her job is, I was I was actually like, this is kind of hopeful for me because hopefully everybody realizes that your money gets wasted there regardless of who is in charge. <laughs> 
we're sending all this tax money to the Federal Department of Education whenever it should be going to the schools that we're paying for. But instead, we lose millions of dollars paying for bureaucrats in Washington that just make the jobs for our teachers way more difficult than it has to be. But I understand that that's a, a, a very purist and idealist way of thinking, and I'm probably not... It's probably not going to ever happen that we don't have millions of dollars going to the federal government for the Department of Education. So, with that being said, we need to, we're having the discussion and the discussion is starting with the Red for Ed rally of what do we do on the state level to try to fix our issues here so, and the so, people who we can get their attention. So, uh, Get rid of the state testing, or don't judge me on it. Right? If you want to have right. the testing, mm-hmm. fine, but don't yeah. mm-hmm. don't yes. hold teachers to that. And well, then ten percent of people test like that. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not you can't gauge an entire. It's not. It's not fair, and it's not accurate. Well, it, it, it's demeaning, right? Yes. I mean, we have many of us have master's degrees. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I do too. Yeah. And, and but it's like, well, you know, your kids didn't really test that well. <laughs> Um, so, so we're going to make you do, you know, you got a master's degree. We're going to make you do 15 hours of professional development stuff, you know, per year, new licensures every five to 10 years. But, you know, we really, we got to work on those test scores. So what is that really, is that the penalty if your students don't test well? Is uh, the fifteen hours of professional? Oh no! Everybody, everybody has to. Do everybody that. has to do oh, that. Everyone has and, to. Do and that. they've added this year, which I thought was really great, um, <laughs> that you have to um, go you have to do into, community service. Right? You have to. Well, you have to go into mm-hmm. a business and follow them around, and so we you can, have to act as an intern. An intern, absolutely. We are offering internships we are. We're, here. We're right I along. have one right here. <laughs> you do that. You just come in. We'll sign our names. But we when have, I read that, I thought this is a joke. Like yeah. you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. You have to work for it like, here. What do they think? What do they think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I always said, you know, when I was in the public school setting, if you want to know who your good teachers are, go ask your kids. Yeah. That's yeah. a well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you know my Amy would say right now. They they can tell you. <laughs> Depends on oh. the day. <laughs> Ask him on a snow day. That's right. Yeah. How much he learning they got. <laughs> All right. So then if that's the case, then then you just want more money thrown at it. Because if you look, there are other, if you look at the state of Indiana, particularly new teachers coming in, the wages are not competitive with the private sector or where you would go somewhere else. So that's yeah. been one of the other issues with the burnout. And that's why one of the reasons Sarah's not teaching anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. That and the fact that she had to have her kids pass 24 arbitrary questions to go on to the next grade and to keep her job. She makes more money and has less stress because mm-hmm. she's not a teacher anymore. Absolutely. So the, finding a solution for wages. Uh, yes. Yes. We are 51st mm-hmm. in the um, salaries of teachers now, yep. um, which I think that means we're below Puerto Rico. Does that what that means? If we're fifty <laughs> first, I was wondering I if it was Washington D.C. Yeah. Or I oh, that. Washington D.C. Okay, okay. I teach science, not geography. Just throwing that. Out there. <laughs> so my, how do you respond to the people like like we said uh, earlier in the show? Rob Kendall from WIBC is going to be on the show next week, and we're going to be talking about the same issue, uh, Red Fred. But this is going to be he's going to come on after the rally is held. And he is going to have very, based on his Facebook profile, is going to have very much opposite opinions of both of you guys. <laughs> and he's going to come on here and he's going to say they want more pay, but they have 
vacations during the year. They have summer break. They have most schools have two weeks off for spring break, and you, they still get vacation time. My and, wife had a second job working at the pool, so and I think I, that I, I have a second job there. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a second and, job right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, yeah, my uh, my dad's best friend is a teacher, and he mows lawns. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's and I coach like three sports. Uh, and yeah, was a school yeah. class sponsor, and you know whatever other. I work in the library yeah, on Tuesdays and Thursdays mm-hmm. for activity bus. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we just loafing. Yeah, yeah, just hanging out, hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, <laughs> I'm trying to censor myself because I went. I'm, but, I'm going no. to say I'm what I'm going to say for you is Rob. That's ridiculous sentiment. We I, most I, teachers have second jobs to provide for their families, and you talk into a microphone for a living. <laughs> and we spend hours and hours and hours grading and hours and hours and hours prepping. We had a basketball game last night for our daughter. And on the way home, I was like, oh, crap, we have to stop at Kroger because I've got to buy cereal because mm-hmm. we're doing um, mm-hmm. poor models with the Ad- with Adams tomorrow. And so we're running through Kroger at 1030 at night <laughs> to get buy these bags of cereal to come in. So that, I mean, it, we don't work just from eight to three. We work. You work until it's done, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. the amount of parenting that we do. Yes. I mean, absolutely. I was parenting high schoolers yes. at 22 years old, you know, yes. the best I could um, yes. at 22 years old. Um, people don't look at that. They don't look at that. And, and, you know, you look at those starting salaries and it's sad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that anybody else, how do you argue coming out of, of a school with a four year degree, looking at that starting salary pretty much anywhere? And saying, that's a good gig. I just, but I get my summers off. (laughs) Well, you have to work to get so you can eat during the summer. You know what I mean? You have Mm -hmm. to compensate and you use your summers to make money that you didn't make during the school year and do laundry. Spend on your kiddos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put back in your classroom. So uh, there's also a motivation issue as well. I don't want to say motivation issue, but uh, you kind of get cut off at the knees as well because once you get to the end uh, of the, 12 years or 13 years in school, the kid can still pass on waivers, right? So even though you've done everything you're supposed to do yeah. and, and they get to the point where, well, it really, we really need, to, we didn't accomplish everything. The school can just go ahead and graduate. Is that right? <sighs> There's a lot that goes into that. That, that kind of involves IEPs it does, and, and attendance. I mean, there are things that they, in order to get the waiver, you have to, you have to have good attendance you have to have an IEP, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, you still have to achieve a certain grade point average. Right. There's certain expectations and benchmarks but like you've got to be able to check yes, off. But the test scores aren't as influential in that situation. But you don't graduate with a diploma. Correct. You get a waiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something different. A certificate, than, yes. essentially. So, so you can go home now. <laughs> yeah. 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 A truancy officer isn't going to come after you. Right. As teachers, do you guys believe that the vast majority of these problems would be solved if the funding was still in place at the state level budget and whatever we get from the federal government, but they removed all of their strings and, and just let you do your job. I mean, I think like any other job, there's gotta be a level of accountability there and I I would expect it. Yes, absolutely. I guess, do you think that, um, do you think that 52% of the state budget is enough to keep 
this to keep schools running properly if some of the issues that we've talked about. Oh, yes. absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. It's not yep. more money. It's, it's stop it, telling it's me what to do with right, it. Right. right. And maybe not be spending $10 million of it on, on testing companies. And it, and it seems sure, like, is it only 10 million? That's I, the number for the state of Indiana. That seems I, alarmingly cheap. I, know, I, yeah, I, I think I, it's, there's, there may have been more zeros than that. <laughs> it's 10 million. It's seems a like lot a lot of money. It is a lot of money. I, you know what? I take 10 million. <laughs> me too. <laughs> to me, that seems like a, <laughs> a large it. chunk. We can split of four ways at this yeah, table. And that's be okay. right. The four of us, we can start writing these. I'll tests. write you a hell of a test. Hey, guess what? I didn't go to college, but that doesn't seem to matter to you now, whoever the test writers are. <laughs> but they certainly want your money to pay so, for it. So, and I guess, and one thing that we kind of skimmed over, we didn't really talk about it earlier, was the disparity between which schools get the money. And I feel like if, so we already have large disparities in, um, Carmel property taxes versus Newcastle property taxes and the money from those that can go to the schools. But then you have, um, Joy Schaefer's in the chat saying it's a hundred million dollars, by the I way. I knew I missed a zero One, hey. or two or three. I think you were close. It works. <laughs> and actually hey, math and, is not my thing. <laughs> and I will warn a lot of our I viewers had trouble with as well, because I don't know how Facebook works today. Uh, there are two different chats going on. I have a, a live, what did you party. do? I have a watch party I started, and there's an actual like okay, Facebook boomer. live that's going on. Nice. So when I shared it, Facebook, I, I got a new phone this week. I have so all you kinds have of more going on. So I have uh, you have one phone over here that's my watch party that I accidentally started that like a dozen people are watching, and then there's twenty some more people watching on the Facebook live. Thirty, and I'm yeah, you know, I'm 30. and I'm just bouncing back and forth on multiple devices. It's a complicated but, life as a host. I had a I producer to do like, all right? of this work for me, and I'm still working. Hard. One one thing that I've yeah that right. I've thought about recently is if the money is is at the state the money coming from the state is paid to the state from taxpayers all across the state then why is it not distributed equally to the counties across the state it's not per student it's that's not just each kid is worth is a coupon for this much money in the in their formula there's yeah. there's other factors absolutely right? yes yeah yeah because there's based um, on who gets a, w- income levels and other things that are going on. Property tax, property tax, and um, there's there's a, a very complicated formula because there is so much attached. To it's the kids. it's one yes. of those things like Wall Street where there's a, it, there are rules. Mm-hmm. No one really knows no. what <laughs> right. the rules are. Well, there are some like, rules. Like I'm but vocationally licensed, so yeah. I'm a vocational teacher. So. Depending on the, Does that mean you get extra vacation time. Yeah, <laughs> it never worked out that way. Uh, you only so, have to go to work 180 days right. a year. What are you crying about? Yeah, yeah, right. Anyway. <laughs> so the schools that I taught in got more money per student that they had sitting in my seat. Yes. So, yes. but that varied too, depending on which class it was. But then I had schools saying, well, we just found out that X, Y, and Z classes make more than X, Y, and Z classes. So now we're going to have you teach more of these. And by the way, we're going to put 35 kids in them too. Absolutely. Right. And yes. most of them have IEPs and this should be fun. It, I bet it yes. was a party. Oh, it was. <laughs> See, because to me, whenever we were talking earlier about charter schools, vouchers and all of that, the, the $10,000 per student head model, it, it made sense to me thinking mm-hmm. about it. You have this many kids in your school, I mean, you get this amount of funding and it's what we've all agreed upon. 
and that seems fair. Mm-hmm. And but then you start attaching well unless the kid got a 70%. Unless you have this many of this certain type of class in this certain subject. If your graduation rate falls below, falls below. Right. this. If then you've you got this funding. much free and reduced, then it falls to this. Yes. Um yeah, there's so many different variables that go into those formulas. And again, they change. And we're talking Often. just a little bit of a reset for those that are joining us. You're listening to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. We're based in East Central Indiana. We're talking about something that's a big deal in the state of Indiana. We have listeners all over the country. Uh, Jonathan Skomsky is watching from Albany, New York, and he's saying that he personally has at least a dozen friends who have teaching degrees uh, who basically got out of teaching because of the the poor system and the, the even worse pay, and that's in New York State. Not just an Indiana no. issue. The stuff we talk yeah. about here is um, obviously relevant. To, to this mm-hmm. area, but it's, it's, Across it's national, right? Yes, absolutely. So, right, whenever, but we're going to try to solve all of Indiana's problems and we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the history of teachers becoming involved, um, with politics in the state of Indiana. I remember in 2012, I was still in high school and, God. uh, he is a baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, <laughs> This is what happens I was to me every week. Yep. I was in high school. I in was standing at the polling place trying to get elected. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom worked at, still worked at the school. And because, I mean, because of my mom being in the school system and my, my grandpa also taught at, uh, at Newcastle. So uh, teachers have been close friends to my family for a long time. And everyone's talking about Glinda Ritz. And she's the, she is yeah, the savior so of cool. education. It was super cool. That was so, so, yes. And my, my, my dad is, is very, very much on the right. He's a, a Republican. Well, he's, he's not like a, a Republican party member, but, uh, for most of my life, he is he uh, voted Fox for News. conservative people. I don't. He doesn't really watch news and get into politics too much. He's just a, a conservative fellow, and even he was like, "Yeah, we need someone like Glenda Ritz at uh, at the head of education for the state." And a lot of that was pushed by this grassroots campaign that she had. It was the cool that working was awesome. with teachers. So, so were you guys involved? Either one of you guys involved yeah. with her in twenty twelve? Yeah. I was I was running for a council seat, I believe, and I was How that working out a number you? of about the same as it always does. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was standing outside the polling place, and I hit a number of them. And I think in my district there were probably a dozen polling places at that time. We didn't have the vote centers that we do now, but you would have like there were forty two election locations in Henry County. Um, every polling place I visited had people that were engaged and out there Mm -hmm. talking and working for Glenda Ritz. So if people didn't know or didn't care about the secretary or the uh, superintendent of public instruction race, they knew that this person that they know that's from their community said, Hey, they grabbed him by the shirt collar and said, Hey, this is important to me. Right. You need to vote for this lady because it's good for your kids. Right. Or it's good for your grandkids or it's good for my kids. And that grassroots effort was happening. So I started seeing all of these red signs go out about a month ago here. And I think there's a very real opportunity for change in education in Indiana 
if that grassroots and it looks like there's going to be, you got over eleven thousand people that mm-hmm. have said yes. It's actually coming. bumped up to like thirteen. Yeah, there's five hundred thousand students. School corps. There's five hundred thousand uh, uh, students over at Southeast school. Southeastern jumped in. Did they? Like, yes. So massive, a massive wave is coming of people that want to get involved. I think in my advice, uh, you know, take it for what it's worth, but my advice is to try to stay as nonpartisan as possible Mm -hmm. and not to let this become, Hey, Mm -hmm. you need to vote for all these Democrats or Republicans in the fall, but these are the issues we care about and have those people turn out and talk about those issues and care about those issues with the folks that are in office and those that are running for office. And I think you've actually got a very real opportunity to, to make some changes. That's but that's helpful. my the biggest that's concern helpful. that I see is that hey it becomes really partisan and people mm-hmm. pick their sides right. and they quit talking to each other. And we, for me, this has never no. been political. Right. We I always say I don't care what party you're in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at what you have to say about education. That's what we should vote for is education. I don't. It doesn't matter Republican Democrat. We we need education and educational pl- people in the mm-hmm. in the um government that have an education background so we can fix what's going on. I yeah. We haven't we, been super successful with putting politicians into positions that are making legislative decisions for educators. No. Alicia Nathan says that the boys said goodnight mommy. Oh <laughs> so they think mommy's on TV. Well through the magic of, of Roku's and Google Chrome's, we are on a lot of big screens right now in houses. You are indeed. We are oh, it's a Facebook Live is an incredible thing. My, we are the nightly news for some folks. My biggest question We're bigger with, than Survivor in my parents' house. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I don't know. Survivor, Survivor that's a big deal. At Survivor kind of died in like 2014. Those are hate crime words. And, and <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. Joyce already gave us our, our baby shower gift. That's this right. Past week. Yes. My big question with Glenda Ritz is do either of you guys view um, her race in 2012 as kind of the, the spark that began the, uh, people talking about the issues with education in Indiana. You know, I was thinking about this actually last night. That was such a cool, Jennifer oh and I are gosh. like, that was awesome, right? And I think everybody that was involved remembers where you were when you got, yes, when you got the when numbers. You heard, right? And yeah. she gave her speech. And, and he looked like, so shocked. And we were like, yes! awesome. Yeah. And then, then, yeah. Not so much. And, and then you realize that... Uh, I think it was like a balloon. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. a, a, a political elected official is a mascot more than an actual yeah. policymaker, right? Right. And Which, I think for several years, we've now... That was so deflating. It, yeah. I mean, really, that, that was such a cool movement. And, I, you know, I remember just the excitement around, you know, Glenda Ritz getting elected. And then it was like, oh, but there it goes. And I think here we go again. We finally gotten back to the point where it's like, you know, that confidence that was kind of shut down. Um, we're, we're ready to overcome it. Yes. Would you, what would you tell Chase? You're ready to be heard I'm, again? I'm ready to be heard again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> now, see, uh, we will no longer have a, another Glenda Ritz. Correct. The, the, the superintendent of public no. instruction. Yeah. And this goes back to even when Mitch Daniels is running for office the first time uh as governor and i think that maybe jill long thompson when she ran for governor said hey i you know there was a a sacrificial lamb that ran as democrat that was going to resign and let the democratic governor appoint whoever they wanted to i think the 
the Republicans losing that seat. Sue Ellen Reed had it for years, mm-hmm. for generations. Uh, yeah. And then Tony Bennett replaced Glenda yeah. Ritz surprised them <laughs> by winning. And then all of a sudden the Republicans kind of changed their mind. The, the power, the incumbents changed their mind and said, ah, actually we just want to be able to appoint this person. So Jennifer McCormick, Newcastle and, native. Until, yes. uh, until John is, Gregg is elected for governor. Well, next no, year. what's what he's not running this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Myers and Melton are running, I believe. Uh, so, and hopefully we'll have them on the show uh, next year as their campaigns get, uh, get wound up. But, um, McCormick will finish her term. And then after that, the governor will get to appoint yes. that position. Um, like it or not, I, I've always been in favor of the people having a voice for that, but it's, it's somewhat a cabinet level position. So mm-hmm. I, there is an argument that's been made and that's the law is it's going to be going forward that the superintendent of public instruction is going to be an appointed job. Um, that said, we talked about it a minute ago in my utopia, we have no federal department of education mm-hmm. and the state doesn't have that much effect And your local school board for Newcastle or try or Shenandoah or Knightstown or Hagerstown or Stony Creek. Uh, Blue River, those those areas elect their own folks and they make the decisions. My perfect world, but that's not the world we live in, right? It is nice. It sounds nice, it though. It does. Doesn't it sound lovely? Um, yes. That the well, and they tried to scooch it up. They tried to make it so that it would be, or did it? Did was it successful? It was successful. It was. I think it's at, well, the, at the end of her theoretical term. So when so they did because it was going to be in two twenty five. I believe so. And so whenever she's yeah. um, when, when, yeah, when okay. her time yeah, ends, she will be in. finished. Yeah. And I don't think, she, I think that's the thing is that she's not seeking reelection or was going to be done. So mm-hmm. at this point it would be uh, either uh, Holcomb or whoever succeeds Gets Eric Holcomb would yeah. be the, would be making that selection next. It's, so get your resumes those, ready. It's one of those things <laughs> for me personally, whenever I, I look at it and I first heard about it, I thought this seems really it, it seems so dirty to take a a position that we that the people put into yes. power, yes, and make it to where the political insiders uh, put them in. Mm-hmm. But whenever I look at it without my without my personal bias attached, it's like, yeah, it is kind it is kind of a cabinet position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand. And now going forward, the Secretary of Education is or the superintendent of public education is now attached to the governor's mm-hmm, race. Mm-hmm. So now you are just like we heard with uh, every, every person that said they hated Donald Trump, but I'm going to vote for him because of the appointments that, that, that is now also an argument for governor's race and it mm-hmm. could sway much more, um, much more of the political realm of the state of Indiana than, uh, than what it was previously. I in, think in 2004, the, 20 or 21 year old version of me college kid at Ivy tech had Mitch Daniels come and speak to our group at Ivy tech. And that was the question I asked. I said, Hey, why do you want to take this away from us? And Daniel's answer to me was because I'm going to be judged by it. Right. I'm judged on education and the performance of the kids of the state of Indiana. So that's why he was advocating it for that time. And then it took, Gosh, oh, it took the it took Glenda Ritz winning for the for it to actually get the political momentum to actually happen. I think um, though Tuesday, you know, eleven thousand teachers showing up downtown. I think that speaks volumes, right? Because do, yeah. if we can get those folks back out to vote in this next election, you know, we're they're going to be forced to take a, a good hard look at, at at the policies and what they're doing. Um, 
with Indiana's education system. So, so even if you just scare them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so Alicia, you're uh, you're incubating another one. What's got you? <laughs> what's, wow. what's got you? What's got you saying I want to get in this fight and I want I want to go I want to go get involved in this conversation now, right? It's yeah. a, you, you've got a family. You got two young ones at home. You're here giving up your Thursday night to hang out with us. What's your motivator in all of this? That yeah. you, now's your opportunity or now's why you want to go to the state house mm-hmm. and be part of this. Yeah. I love kids. Um, and I, I totally see what our youth are, are up against um, just because of the day and age they're growing up in. Um, and, and, and what right do we have to take away a quality education um, and a quality future for those kids? Um, we have to be their voice. So, you know, my, my babies will be five in two weeks. And then like I'm incubating, um, another- <laughs> cooking right along that's down right, there. Right. Still on track for February. Right? I sure hope so. This just takes a lot longer than check it out program. Oh, man. Nine yeah. months is a whole lot longer than what you think. Right. It yeah. is. I got, I've got 902 4-Hers, you know, in Wayne County. Um, that's fantastic. That's right? more than double that's what we have awesome. in Indiana County. Yeah, I tell you. We're in the four to 500 range. We have a really good time over there. Jonathan Fer- Ferris must be doing a hell of a job. <laughs> just, I hope he's listening. Just laughter. <laughs> just laughter. Jonathan was one of our extension educators when I was a 4-H'er here, and now he's uh, he's hanging out with you guys in Wayne County. He is, as a full-time ag educator. Yes. And CED, right? He's <laughs> yes, the, he is. He's the, he's the grand poobah of, of extension. He is. He is. Um, he takes the fall when the high stakes testing goes bad for the four H kids, <laughs> oh, and they can't woo. and they can't tell you tell you what the uh, where the wither is on a goat. Uh, right. right. Yeah. Right. That, that would be it. <laughs> Doesn't know the wither from the escutcheon, <clears throat> and neither does Dakota. Nope. That just right. sounds dirty. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This is parts of an animal on the Boss Hog of Liberty. You get it all here. I told you we promised you're going to learn something new. You learn what an IEP is, Mm -hmm. and you learn the parts of a goat. Yeah. All right. So that got you involved. I love kids. All right. I want want to see our next generation be successful. Truly. Very cool. Jennifer, what was your motivator in all this? I love kids, and I love teaching. And some of this is breaking my heart. I mean, I... We're losing teachers every day that can change kids' lives. And um, I'm concerned that we're not going to be able to replace them if we don't change what's happening now. So, and I want to keep being able to do what I'm doing right now. So, I've done this a long time. It's the coolest thing besides my husband and my children. (laughs) Love you guys. You're the best. But I don't feel like I'm going to work every day. I, I love what I do. And I think it's um, more people should be able to do it. And I think it's tragic that it's going the direction it's going. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us real quick. Uh, I have a, a small, like three minutes of the show I want to dedicate to this. because I It won't be it, three minutes. I found, I found a tiny, tiny little Newcastle angle, and I'm going to work it in here. And this is theater. And you know how you know my love for theater, Dakota. The theater? Yeah, the theater. <laughs> Are you a thespian? <laughs> Do you know who Zach Veach is? This this made the Indianapolis Star today. I so actually, I, was, I know that name. You do not. You've had to have talked about him on the show previously. That's the only way I would know it. Yes. So Zach Veach is one of the Andretti Autosport drivers. 
Uh, he's run the Indy 500 a few mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. Local Ohio guy, American. Mm-hmm. Stands about uh, right. two I foot- bet on him to win <laughs> in May. <laughs> stand- is, that, is that who I'm thinking of? You may have. You may have picked his name. That would have been very... Uh, well, I mean... Listen, Zach Burton probably would tell you you're crazy to think Zach Feature is going to win the 500, but you know you do you. Do you, uh, you guys draw. We do, we, no, uh, it's we like have a, it's like I me betting on IndyCar is like whenever Chase was on for the Patreon portion oh, to talk gotcha. about horse betting. Okay. Yeah, we no, draw no for idea. the Indy 500. Yeah, mm. it, just kind of when we do the uh, the big infield party, we do the draw, and everybody mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. A, you know there's there's money to be made. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no skill. You just twenty five you know, bucks at a time. Oh my god, you big Total. spenders over there. Total. Next year I'm sending a proxy. <laughs> So you know what? I don't think teachers need to raise. <laughs> I'm like in a five dollar club over here, just throwing out Andrew Jackson. Twenty five dollars is our pot. <laughs> so, so the Indianapolis Opera has a uh, has a deal going on this weekend, uh, and it's called the Elixir of Love, and Zach Veach is going to be in it. Uh, there's a big story in the Indy Star, and if you're a Patreon member, it's linked to it, and the whole story is there. But uh, he's not going to talk, and he's not going to uh, he's not going to sing. He's just an extra. He's just going to be there, and he's going to be out there when they roll out a car. The car is a Maxwell. Do you know why that matters, Dakota? No. Maxwells were built here. You remember mm-hmm. the Maxwell fa- the Maxwell factory was the Chrysler factory back in the day. Yeah, so Did that was that, that. was that was the original there's, Maxwell there's location. There's a, a town named after him. So you remember the Maxwell House restaurant on Broad Street? <laughs> which is. Is where yeah, is? that's why it was Maxwell. So they're going to have a I Maxwell thought it was the coffee. <laughs> they're gonna have or town. They're gonna have a Maxwell, <laughs> and it's a uh, a real one, yeah, <laughs> a, a real legitimate Maxwell. They, there's a photo in the Indy Star from their from their walkthrough, uh, and it's based on uh, it's it's uh, based on an old uh, 1800s, you know, yada yada yada, all the arts crap that nobody cares about. But it it's based on the life it's of Mario Andretti as well. It's owned by George Holman, who used to own one the of Speedway. The, yes, one the of Maxwell the, itself is owned by George Holman. Oh. That's neat. Yes, that is there, neat. There's all kinds of cool stuff, and it's got, an, like I said, it's got a Henry County tie because of uh, Maxwell being uh, being the uh, you know the predecessor to Chrysler here. It originally sold for seven hundred and fifty dollars when it was manufactured, which is equivalent to twenty thousand dollars today. So check that out. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be going on in Carmel. <laughs> they tried to get Mario Andretti. Mario was busy because it's kind of based on his life, and in uh, in Italy growing up in Luca uh, back in the day, which is now Croatia. If we're studying uh, how states got their shapes not really a state but you know that's the way it goes anyway check that out <laughs> we said geography wasn't well, no i thought no yeah. same no, no geography same political boundaries puerto rico yeah. washington dc last it's oh we had a whole thing on puerto rico last week we brought in mason Roddinghouse, the uh i struggled this evening the student the student from uh from purdue and try high who's going to be a pharmacist who we put we, on the spot yeah. for his blatant racism in, in purdue not understanding how puerto rican driver's licenses work so go check out episode 137 for that one. I'm going to have to now. I have not now. listened to 137, <laughs> so my, I need oh to do my. that. Yeah, we got work to do. All right. It's we, towards the end. Yeah, it was towards the end. We we, we bury the lead at the end on that one. All right, Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Do you have it any final so thoughts fun. for us, something to promote? If you don't, I'm going to mention something I want you to promote. Okay. Because I've got your hap- a captive audience. Do you have anything you need to talk about? Well, 4-H enrollment's probably going uh, on right That's now. exactly where I was headed. Statewide 4-H enrollment. So call your local extension office. You have until January 15th. In.4honline.com. So how do... Uh, that you, sounded you, just like a commercial. If that was join, amazing. If you join 4-H in Wayne County, uh-huh. 
you get to play with go-karts. You do. Electric go-karts. Electric go-karts. And uh-huh. you raced at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We did. Second in the world, year one. Eighth in the world, year two. You're going backwards. Well, there were some technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> and we're working on a uh, shoestring budget. So, so you need sponsors. We do, but we have a pretty exciting one in the works. I can't talk Ooh. about it just yet. Big Wayne County news. Uh, I will, regional news. I will tell you. I can tell you it's not Boss Hog. <laughs> I, I will tell you that I have publicly Although we'll shamed. Although we'll slap a decal on there for 50 bucks. <laughs> you guys are Wayne County. And I've publicly shamed Brad Brewer at Perfect Circle Credit Union <laughs> based in Wayne County in Hagerstown. Uh-huh. Because if you look at any IndyCar from the 40s, 50s, or 60s, mm-hmm. They all had the perfect circle piston oh, rings, yeah? okay. right? They were based mm-hmm. in Wayne County. I think that would be a great opportunity for perfect circle to get back involved with the local community and the local motorsports. And in their heritage as the perfect circle credit union, maybe got involved Not with the Wayne idea. County extension. Not a bad idea. Do some matchmaking. We might. All right. So okay. in May, you guys will be out at the speedway uh, running your electric go-kart. We will. And uh, hopefully have um, the middle school program. Back up and running too here in a couple months. How many students are involved? Last so year? our high school team, we can take up to fifteen, and we've got enough. I mean, there's enough interest there. We could we could field a couple of of cars, but unfortunately, the funding's not there. Got to find got to find sponsors. They're, it's like real racing. They're about and, and I have this number correct. They're about ten thousand dollars. So for the cart, yeah, for the cart year one. So oh it, it is not a cheap, you know, yeah. endeavor. That's big timing. Yeah, it's so much fun. Guffy. We raced him on Jeremiah's wedding day. We yes, did. Well, they were they were the, we were carbon burning. You man. We had, co- we had you, gas carts. Yeah, you got to yeah. come out and they're lithium. They're awesome. I would love to. It's do so that. much fun. You, sh- you, you could hear probably way better on. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and we've got all kinds of data boxes, and you learn anything you want to know. Let us know okay. if I we sponsor. May, may come out. If I sponsor a cart, can I drive one? Absolutely. All right. Beezer Creek might have to sponsor a go kart. <laughs> Beezer Creek Restoration. We got, we got stickers, baby. I, I, we'll, we'll slap one on there. <laughs> All right, Guffy. I absolutely have nothing to do. Isn't that nice to have nothing? Yeah. The election's over. I have no, you have no nothing worries. on your mind. You have nothing to be concerned about. You're just coasting. Just coasting right now. Just peaceful, easy living. Coast until January. <laughs> What's January? You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're such good friends, Chris. <laughs> Yep. All right, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, thank you. I had a really good time. It was nice to meet you we guys. Didn't, we didn't hurt at all, right? No. This was, fine. <laughs> this was really fun. So you got anything to promote? You got clubs you want kids to join? You've got uh you, you want to tell people how and when to show up on, on Tuesday next week? Tuesday, red for Ed, nine o'clock to two o'clock. Um wear red, support public education. All right. If you are going to the state house or red for Ed, you can take a sign. However, it has to be limited yes. to two feet by two yes. feet, and it cannot be carried on a stick. No sticks. No sticks. What if, what if teachers band together? And what if it's a tape? PVC pipe? They and actually they said that. They said, <laughs> you bring, your little bring six of your friends <laughs> and hold them together at different points of time. Yeah. So, we're going to stick it to the man. Yeah, your, we are. Your rules. We're going to put a big sign yeah. together. That's the libertarians and us starting to think about, okay, you made a rule. And the racing That's people, right. how can I get around how? this? How? <laughs> around this. The rules you gave me a box. Uh-huh. Now let me work around it. That's, uh, right. that's the way the world works. Dakota, anything? You know, I didn't have any final thoughts except for uh, 
Well, actually, nope, that doesn't work either. We talked about it during the show. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Happens a lot on this show increasingly where I will accidentally bring up my final thoughts during the actual (laughs) show because it's on my mind. It's all good. It's the final thoughts that. are just the time to clean up stuff that you right. left hanging out there that you needed to get oh. off your chest or there we go. You know, I, I guess I should say that earlier, whenever we were talking about Rob, I put words in his mouth and I, I guess I shouldn't do that uh, because I really don't know what he's going to say whenever he comes on next week. Um, but I just assumed and we know what happens when, whenever you assume. So I look forward to Rob coming on and calling me Lion Jerry. It'll be great. It's a, it's always mm-hmm. fun. He's coming on with uh, Stephen Vitito, who, who has Stephen been on the show before? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm so excited. I'm yeah. listening. So Stephen's uh, Stephen and Rob will be on next week. Uh, Stephen is the local welding teacher for the Newcastle Career Center. Um, he also teaches adult welding. If you want to check those out, my brother-in-law is taking his adult welding class um, that he teaches in conjunction with Ivy Tech right now. And he said it's great. It's five weeks. Um, it's like 400 it's, bucks. It's going to be after work for everybody. Pretty, pretty reasonable. So, yeah. He's done amazing things with that program. I, uh, the whole Newcastle Career Center is, is amazing. It's amazing. Awesome. It is. Yeah. I, in it, final thoughts for me, I lost very shamefully on Monday Night Football in, uh, yes. in fantasy football to Guffy. Yes. In, you a, did. in a very, <laughs> very sad. Sad turn of events. There was, was a fourth, fourth quarter touchdown with your running back, mm. and uh, and I lost. And now I'm not in the playoff hunt right now. I'm, I'm I'm sitting on the outside looking in. You are. How's it feel? It's it's not I'm good. Looking at you my, through the glass. My kicker is on. Uh, my kicker's is uh, the, I've got the Packers kicker, and they're not playing this week. So I just had to sign the. Uh, I think I signed the Browns kicker tonight. So I. Oh. I'm oh. I'm looking for some field goals from from Cleveland, I guess. Please take this with the utmost respect, but I hope you don't get that opportunity. I'm a Steelers <laughs> fan and I'm watching the score right now. And I'm so sad. It's seven nothing <laughs> Pittsburgh as we're watching we're watching oh. live in the studio. I uh, I did attend my uh, my only Colts game of the year on Sunday, and uh, I I was sitting in the 500 level on the glass, and I'm glad I held back the reserve the urge to jump. Because uh, there was there was nothing to keep me other than I don't know why I didn't jump because it hurt it was painful I watched Brian Hoyer throw multiple interceptions and I watched Adam Vinatieri miss extra points and it was just Colts season is not going well so we'll see if they can beat the Jags but uh, you got the Jags and then four days later we got Houston Colts have never won without T Y Hilton and they didn't have T Y last week or the week before or this week. I don't know. Who that and maybe is. not the next week. <gasps> yeah. And that's 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 Dakota on sports. All right. <laughs> Jeremiah, I do have one final thought. I there just you remembered. Go. All right. M- mentioning Rob Kendall. Uh kick th- back Kendall. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Potentially next week might be my last show. Me and Rob's working out a deal. <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. But... He was last time I'll say it. I'll just put it out here. Last time Rob was here, he was pretty much hitting on you i, I feel he like was it was recruiting you it was right to be Rob, he's producer on uh, producer for chicks on the right yep. you're producer for us and i think i think he wants you to be his assistant producer i will do it i, I reminded amazing. you today that we give you free parking and at emma's you don't get free parking. i want to remind true. you he pays <laughs> <laughs> not likely <laughs> that big am terrestrial radio what, money what we can do for you is whenever whenever my baby's born and we take a our hiatus is you will have to keep working just like 
you know, we require <laughs> these guys to keep working. <laughs> Unpaid, your internship will be there. Yeah. 15 hours at least. Yeah, we, <laughs> we do have a real quick uh, a programming announcement. Uh, we, we do Thursday shows. And some whoever the hell is in charge of the calendar put Thanksgiving on a Thursday this year, which I was objecting to, but I don't have any control over it. So I blame Mitch Daniels. Uh, yeah, I feel like daylight saving time is involved with this problem. But uh, so we're gonna have a show on the twenty first on Thursday, and then I guess we'll just go the Tuesday the twenty sixth. So write that one down. That's when that's when you'll see us. So the twenty first, twenty sixth, and then we'll figure it out from there. Thank you guys very much for listening. We will uh, we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network, and I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.